1: Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. It's time! Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar.
0: Hey, this is Robin McHillard, a.k.a. The Penguin of Gotham. You are listening to Geek Vibes Live!
2: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Geek Vibes Live. I'm your host, Juwan, and we have a great episode uh, planned for you guys today. Um, Let me introduce my co-host, Tia. What's going on, Tia?
0: Hey, 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 guys. How are you all today? I'm really excited to be talking about all of the topics that we have on the docket. yeah, no, everything is great. I've been doing a Marvel rewatch today, and I'm excited to watch this new HBO show called The Outsider later. So yeah, good day all around for me.
2: Is that the one with my my sugar daddy, Ben Mendelsohn?
0: Yes, yes, it is. Yes
2: hey, it is. <laughs> hey, Will. Hey, Will. We were just doing um, we were just doing introductions. I'm I'm about to introduce you now. Hold on, I was uh. Tia brought up a show. I wanted to make sure it was the same show I was thinking about. So that that's the one with Jason Bateman and my sugar daddy, uh, Ben Mendelssohn, Right, Tia?
0: First of all, yes. And second, I love that you are calling him your sugar daddy because I agree. His
2: voice alone, like peak yeah. sugar daddy level. <laughs> oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs>
1: um,
2: Will, what's, what's going on, man? How how you feeling?
1: Good. What's up? How you guys doing?
2: Pretty good, pretty good. You awesome. called in at the right time. Tia was just finishing up her um her intro, so we could have went right into you. She just threw me off because I completely didn't know when that show was supposed to start. I thought it was later this month. Um, so finding out that it's like today makes me makes my day a little better. So I appreciate that, Tia. <laughs> Usually make my day. Yeah, a little better. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> All right, so let's get right into it. Let's start off with uh, some trailer talk. We got two big trailers that dropped uh, this past week and a half. Um, Let's start off with New Mutants. Um, Tia, I'll go to you first. What were your thoughts on the last trailer, I would assume? Um, But I can't say first. So we assume it's the last trailer of New Mutants that we'll get before the release?
0: I would assume it's the last one, but... I really liked it. I believe it looked relatively similar to the first one, although I should have done my homework and went back and watched the one that was released like two years ago. But it felt relatively the same. And it's funny seeing the reaction for it on the Internet because obviously this is a movie that a lot of people, even yourself, um, has said to throw away pretty much, Right. And mm-hmm. when the trailer was released, suddenly you saw everyone, at least on Twitter, saying, you know what, it looked pretty good. And I, I have to agree with them. I think that it looks really good. I got the same feeling that I did two years ago where I was excited to go see it. Um, and I know that probably nothing will come from this. And I know that probably the actors at this point really don't care. But I'm still excited to see it. I would um, it's a finished project, and I think that we do deserve to see it, and the trailer looked great to me. I loved them. Um, again, from what I loved about two years ago, I love the whole idea of them uh, in this, like, asylum pretty much and that quote of, I don't think we're here for them to help us. And it very much gave me the vibe that we kind of got in Logan for those uh, children mutants in that facility something a little similar where it's very morbid and it's very just uh, manipulative and i like it so i guess what i'm trying to say is that i'm a cypher and to me it really did the job of getting me to look forward to the movie
2: yeah and i i do i do want to stress this because i i think with my very strong take on what disney should do with this movie what gets lost is the fact that I was one of the maybe very few people um, that were extremely excited for this movie. Um, one, when it was first announced, and then two, after that first trailer dropped. Um, this, like, this movie isn't what my issue is necessarily. My, my bigger issue is um, I have a problem getting money to someone who is, who seemingly uh appeared to not have complete faith in their own project. Um, it having to go through reshoots, uh it, 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 as many times as it seemingly had to. It it being pushed back and pushed back and pushed back and pushed back, uh, just kinda it, it kinda, you know, worn on me a little bit to where I'm like, just don't don't release it. And then when you when it went to Disney, I'm like there's no way in hell Kevin Feige is going to let the new mutants be the first mutants we see. So it won't be part of the MCU. So I'm like, I would hate that if I saw this movie, I loved it and then could never see these characters again. Um, so I'm like, just throw it away. Like, why, why, why? Like, all right, cool. If you're Disney you're like, from a business standpoint, we put it out, does well, makes money. We get the money. All right, great. If it does bad, who cares? Um, but for me, I'm like, if it does really well and I love it, I'm going to want more, and I'll never get more from it. Um, so that was that was really my biggest issue. I would never had a problem with the movie itself. I was a huge fan of that first trailer, and this was actually, excuse me, a little different from the first trailer. It was scarier. Um, it was darker. Uh, it was a little bit edgier than that first trailer was. Um, and I even possibly have a, um, really cool rumor for you guys that, um, I'm hearing there's a really good chance Mr. Sinister could be behind, um, this entire, uh, what do you call it? Um, Sorry. hospital mm-hmm. yeah. or whatever they're in, he could be behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that. That really excites me a lot more because um, I'm like, I'm waiting to see Mr. Sinister. He should have been in Logan. Should have been the big bad in Logan. Still don't understand why they didn't go with Mr. Sinister or at least favor to the Anyway, um, so yeah, so Mr. Sinister could be in it, but I did also want to um, bring up a cool fact that I learned from Joelle actually about the uh, one of the characters from the New Mutants <clears throat> Hold on, let me bring up the cast. Oh, so Anna Taylor Joy's character Magic is actually the sister of Colossus. I did not know. that. I
0: saw that.
2: Isn't yeah. That so
0: cool. So, so yeah. Wouldn't I that, that awesome. mean that maybe? Wouldn't that mean that maybe there's a chance of seeing these characters in the new Deadpool if it does well enough?
2: No, I, I I honestly don't. I honestly feel as though the next Deadpool movie, um, will be one or two things. It will either be X Force, um, or if it's just a solo movie, I f- here's the here's the problem to you. Kevin Feige can't introduce any more mutants in that before he introduces mutants, because now you're talking about like Deadpool isn't in its own world. It's supposed to connect, so it's like if you have mutants showing up, everyone's gonna go. Well, uh, you know, know, we're gonna go. There's no mutants in the MCU. Like, where did they come from? You know, and now you have to like explain where they came from. Then you have to do a huge story of how. I I don't think he's gonna do that, which is one of the reasons why I think Deadpool three might come eons after. Uh, phase four, or, or possibly even Phase five. It might be in Phase five, but it, it would have to come after an X Men movie, I would assume. Um, so I, I don't know how he's gonna play that. I think that's very, that's very tricky. That's very, very, very tricky. But um, no, I, I don't see it. And here's the thing: the feel of this movie seems drastically different than Deadpool. So it's like you taking these darker characters and now making them humorous could possibly take a little bit away from what we just saw them in. Um, And I I don't don't think he'll reuse these characters again. To be honest with you, Tia, Um, I think this is it. (laughs) Like we'll see it. We'll either enjoy it or probably right. So that's what I'm wrapping my head around. So I don't I don't set myself up for uh, for disappointment. It's just. I don't see them doing anything with, with these guys past this movie. But um Will, what were your thoughts on the new New Mutants trailer?
1: Well my thoughts were this act this trailer actually got me interested in the um in in this uh film. I was pretty much thinking that uh I really didn't have much interest in it at all, obviously prior to the prior to this trailer, but now I was like, Oh, okay. Um, I I may go. I may go check it out. Uh, I know earlier in the week there was some discussion about whether or not. I think there was a uh, press release that was on the Disney 23 fan club site saying that this was uh, linking them to the MCU. But uh, I see they've they've walked that back and have taken that down. But uh, I I was intrigued. uh, Good speaking to your earlier uh, comments there uh, regarding Deadpool and just the the larger uh, Marvel world. If this was, you know, indeed going to be a way that they try to bridge these two franchises together, but it seems like, I, I think you're probably right. It's probably just going to be a one-off, and uh, they probably won't use these characters again. I mean, just given how much trouble they've had just getting this film to to the release to begin with. Uh, it, but but then again, if it if it does relatively well, better than Dark Phoenix, and then, then who knows that we, we, we may. Uh, it may breathe new life into this, into these characters and and this particular uh, part of the X franchise, and and maybe they'll make more. So we, we shall see. But getting to the trailer itself, I, I really liked it. It had that, it had a very spooky uh, vibe to it. It's almost, it's almost a shame that they didn't release it around Halloween because just the the vibes that the trailer was giving off mm-hmm. were very much like a a, a good fall. October, Halloween type of film, and uh, so it's a shame that it's uh, uh, not going to be released that time of year. I know it's going to be now in April, but uh, I think it would have, especially thinking back to, like, say, Venom, how they had marketed it when it was released. It, it reminded me a lot of that, so uh, I think I'm, I'm definitely more intrigued about this film than I was before.
2: I, I'll say to me, I don't usually like cliches, but I would have liked it if they found a the month um, that had Friday the 13th on it and released it then. Um, I, I think that also caters to the the scary element. A lot of people believe in Friday the 13th and, and stuff like that. Um, there's just no way they were going to put it that far out only because it's like, you've already made us wait this long. Like you got to put it out as early as possible. in April – is right around uh, box office, like uh, the, the true box office season, uh, which we know is the peak, the summer, May, you know, June, July, August. Um, my, my biggest issue is, I mean, t- to your point, if it does well, the problem about Feige using any of these characters going forward is you would have to explain how, how these mutants got here, um, and you'd be going backwards like you'd have to explain how they got here then you'd have to explain how they only got here through the mutants that we originally know Xavier, Magneto, Wolverine, Cyclops, Colossus, Storm um so you'd have to explain both of them. how did they get here um and I think if you're saggy it's just it's too much of a headache so I think this movie is a one-off um I think Deadpool 3 yeah, probably but... after oh go ahead I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, but I, you know, I think Spider-Man: Far From Home opens up that door with the notion of the multiverse. So you could introduce him that way. You
2: could, if it comes after you introduce the X-Men, because you'd have to tell us how the X-Men got here. Um, and if you're saying that the X-Men got here from another Earth, then yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, definitely, it fits, it fits right in. Um, but if you're saying that, um, uh, trying to think of the, the movie um that comes out this year. Oh, man. The Marvel movie. The, the Eternals? Yes. if you're the, saying Eternal? the Eternals are who created mutants, and mutants have been here all... Like, my theory is, and I told you all this, I believe S.W.O.R.D. S.W.O.R.D., where Samuel Jackson was at the end of Spider-Man, I believe S.W.O.R.D. has been keeping mutants secret for their own safety. Um, And there will be an event where something happens that mutants get loose. Um, and then that's how we kind of find out, like, they've been amongst us this entire time. I think that's the smartest way to do it. That's the easiest way to do it. For people like Joel, it'll take a little bit more explaining to kind of, for them to kind of really buy into it. Um, but you saying a different earth, it starts to unravel a little bit because then people will go, well, if it's a different earth, is there possible, is it possible Steve's alive? in another earth or Tony is a, and then it just starts It starts to snowball a
1: little bit so it's kind of like true but
2: yeah you know, it does
1: snowball but yeah it does but uh, you know it, but that being said I mean if, if for example if somehow Robert Downey changes his mind and say hey you know maybe I will come back for another film and I, and I know that under I know that probably wouldn't happen because it really undercuts what they tried to achieve in game. but uh, having the I think the simple fact that they recognize that there is a multiverse gives them some creative opportunities to be able to tie in other characters from, like, for example, the X Men franchise into into this MCU world, and it, and you could you could use that could be sort of the underpinnings for how you could narratively get them into into this MCU universe.
2: I just think. Multiple universes. Now I'm gonna see if, if you have anything to say to you. Uh, m- multiple universes to me are like time travel. Um, it, it it's a cheat code, I, and sometimes I believe that it waters stories down. Um, like I, you know, I like the fact that the flash has not gone back in time to try to bring people back, because uh, once you do it once, everyone's gonna want it every time someone important dies, and then it undercuts it. So if it's like there's a yeah. different <laughs> earth,
1: you're gonna. No, but they just they just
2: introduce
1: yeah, but they just introduce a character from another earth and just, you know, just integrate them into it. So Yeah, so no they,
2: may they not did bring it very, back. They did it very sleekly, but it took a it took an event like that to do it. And it's like, well, if you have an event like that, then let, let's see how it shakes out, but it's all about how you're able to do it. And I'm just curious on how they introduce the X-Men because once they do that, we don't have to worry about bridging anything else. They have everything else. You know, so that's the that's yeah. the last big piece on on the board are the X Men. How do you explain them? I mean, Fantastic Four would be a lot easier because you could say they've been here the entire time, just working for the government. Um, we know that they work for the government. They've done it in the comics numerous times. Um, the X Men are just harder to explain because they were born that way. Fantastic Four, they were they were made into that. Um, so it's just it's a lot harder. And I think what'll confuse people is how we got Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. They were essentially made. That's not how mutants (laughs) come about. Um, (laughs) It's going to be hard to to re-explain that, because she is a mutant. Now you have to integrate the fact that she's a mutant. Um, But, but Tia, what what do you think about all this?
0: I mean, I personally don't mind the idea of multiverses and Using that, I think that that's something that Marvel is going to be using going forward. We have a movie coming out that literally is called the Multiverse of Madness, um, and I think that it would be a pretty seamless way, in my opinion, to introduce the X Men, um, because as you know, we've said it would be a little just not cohesive to be like, oh, yeah, they were here this whole entire time. Like, this whole entire time, all of them, this huge, massive school full of, most, uh, you know, powerful beings, and they've never once, like, you know, uh, stepped up to help out. Like, I think that, you know, it, it falls into, say, the Captain Marvel um, problem, right? If She's so strong, and she's been around for all these years. Why have we never seen her pop up? Um, but if you have it where, well, the reason why you haven't seen the X-Men pop up is because they were literally in a different universe and now suddenly there's, you know, bridging that gap to other universes. I just don't see it as a problem. And I also, in my mind, think that it's the only way to introduce them into the MCU. Obviously, as you said, Joanne, we have to be a little careful with that because yes, you can spiral into the whole thing where fans are going to want, Cap to come back, they're going to want Tony to come back, but fans are going to have to I guess realize that no, that's not the purpose of this multiverse to get all of them back Um, the purpose of this multiverse is to introduce new characters
2: well that's, that's my point about why I think saying they've been here all along could work is because Captain Marvel did work, it was explained why she hasn't been here um, the entire time, it was explained twice. Actually, it was explained in the movie when she said what she would go, uh, what she would be doing, um, and it was explained again um, at the end of Infinity War, and then even more in Endgame. So um, where she said, "Not every planet has the Avengers. I, I got a job to do. I protect planets, um, not just Earth. I protect all planets." So it's like you could say the X Men are something that um, if you're sword or if you're shield or whatever, um, they're, they're too powerful to just release on, on anyone. Um, someone has to govern that power. Um, so, I mean, a, a lot of it could could make sense. It, it, it could, is, is what I'm saying. Maybe not the most ideal thing to do. Uh, maybe multiverse is, is the best thing to do. Um, I'm just saying you could say they've been here the whole time and it works because we just saw it. <laughs> we just saw that Captain Marvel has existed this entire time, um, and you just explained what she's been doing. Um, I, I just think there's there's two ways to go about it. I don't think there's only one way to do it. Uh, but like I said, it'll be interesting to see how he does it. Uh, knowing Kevin Feige, it'll probably be crazier than anything we could probably comprehend. Um, but all right, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit of Birds of Prey. Uh, T, I'll start with you. Your thoughts on the Birds of Prey trailer?
0: So sorry, I had uh, myself on mute, but yeah. So I know that in past podcasts when we've talked about the Birds of Prey trailers, I've been really underwhelmed. But I have to say, for some reason, you and I were talking about this, Juwan, at some point throughout the week. This trailer. Not that it excited me the way, say, like the Black Widow trailer or the Wonder Woman trailer did, but I watched the Birds of Prey trailer, and then afterwards as I kept thinking about it, then I was kind of getting myself hyped the more I was thinking about it. And I always know that I'm interested in things when I go to Tumblr and look things up to see if people have already, like, gifted certain Scenes in trailers and movies and such, and that's what I was doing. I was trying to see more of Ian McGregor's black mask. Uh, Yes, you are are right, comic book accuracy. It was awesome seeing him finally put the mask on. It got me really excited. Um, It looks, you know, it definitely has a very unique, uh, funky vibe to it. I liked Harley Quinn essentially. Sniffing cocaine and getting her little pep up from that. Uh, I, I thought that was personally hilarious. It was nice seeing um, Black Canary, you know, shatter uh, some glasses and blowing some bad guys away with her powers. Um, I liked Harley kind of explaining why each of them are targets um, of the Black Mass. That was really cool. I have to say one thing. I, so... Probably one of the things that, for me, continues, like, the reason why I'm not overly excited about this movie is I don't know why I don't think that Mary Elizabeth Winstead was a good selection for Huntress. And it has nothing to do with the frickin' costume. Like, that people, I need to get over that with the costume. But it has nothing to do with the costume. I just personally don't like the way that she's playing this character. But besides that, the this trailer specifically got me more excited for the movie than I have been this entire time. It looks now more fun. I loved at the end of the trailer, the little hyena Bruce snickering. That was great because you wouldn't think that they would be able to incorporate that into the live action capacity, but we got it and that was really cool. I... I'm interested in seeing, again, more of Ian McGregor and um, oh god, the guy who plays his, like, number two pretty much that, uh, that, I don't know, are they together? Are they not together? They look like they're together in the movie. They might not be together, but that guy.
2: <laughs> I, I do want to hear a little bit more about, uh, I don't say your beef. <laughs> Let me not say that. <laughs> Uh, I don't why, you don't like, why you don't like mary's here's here's the funny thing before before I, I i pass it to you i don't i didn't i didn't and i still don't really like either of or not really any of the castings um of anyone in this movie really um they're all very out there casting um it, it's like they went way out there to do these castings when they were just like so many more obvious choices um, for both of these characters. But I just saw Gemini Man. I love Mary in that. Um, I personally do know um, – uh, I just forget her name. Wow. I just forgot her name. Um, oh, okay. Julie? Smollett? Yeah. I, I just went completely blank. Like, I, I'm um, seeing M- T- her face and
1: uh, blank. Uh, 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 is it Jeremy Smollett isn't it uh, Jesse? Yeah, Journey,
2: Journey, yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, I, I didn't like it then. I, I still don't like it now. I just got over it. I mean, I think Mary is a great actress. I think she could easily do it. I think her advantage is we've never really saw that much of of Canary. I mean, not Canary of um Huntress. I think we're no. Journeys. Is- Go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: No, no, I, I just wanted to say that I don't think that she's a bad actress. I've seen her in now uh, this movie called The Parts You Lose with Aaron Paul and Scoot McNary in it. And mm-hmm. I watched the third season of Fargo and she was great. I have nothing against the actress. She is a good actress. I don't know why, but I feel like from what we see in the trailers, she's overacting a little. Like, I saw in the last trailer, right, um, you had that scene where uh, Canary says that Huntress has rage issues. And she's like, I don't have rage issues. And I saw people thinking that was hilarious. And I'm like, oh, it was, it was cringy to me. And I felt the same way in this trailer when she was, like, sliding down whatever tube, like, stabbing the dude, just kind of yelling. And I was like, why? It just felt overacting to me.
2: I, I don't think any scene that did not have Ewan uh, or Margot in it, I felt as though every other scene that didn't have those two in it was bad cuts. I, I thought you didn't properly set up any of the lines that you showed for them. Um, I think in the full context of the movie, um, you'll be okay with it. But I, I like, like I said, I've gotten over the fact that I don't like their cast to these two characters, um, I-, I think they'll be fine. I-, I think they'll be fine. I think this movie will be something that I-, I look at and I go, maybe the acting from everyone wasn't that great, but I had a fun time. Like, I you, I will say this to the day I die. That Venom movie was not the best acting out of some of Hollywood's best actors, and I still had a fun time with that movie. Uh, I still think... I don't know what they were aiming for Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock to be, but it was really weird. Um, But I still had it was terrible.
0: The (laughs) accent was
2: terrible. His his mannerisms were terrible. Like, I don't know what Eddie Brock that was supposed to be. I've never seen that kind of Eddie Brock comics, cartoons, nothing. So I'm like, What? um i just didn't think any of the the acting from a lot of the people in that that we know are great actors were really that well you know uh well portrayed but it was still a really fun movie so i think if birds of prey does that for me i can live with it i'm, I'm fine I, I don't really think they're they're really rushing to do a sequel to this movie um so i, I could live with it you know maybe maybe it'll still be a lot of fun but um will your thoughts on the birds of prey trailer
1: well it it definitely was better than the first one uh I don't but it still hasn't moved me to want to go see it honestly i i have I'm having more fun quite frankly with the Harley Quinn cartoon on d c universe I know I've mentioned that before when I was on with you all and and I stand by that i this movie to me just you know, with the new trailer, she was talking about leaving Mr. J and all and everything, and I'm like, well, you know, they're doing it so much better on the DC Universe app. If you're going to do a movie about the Birds of Prey, do a movie about the Birds of Prey and don't put Harley in it. This is, you know, or just be or just be honest about it and just say this is a Harley Quinn movie. Yeah. Uh, so it, again, it, it it this will be one I can just go ahead and say I'll just. I'll, it's just going to be Netflix for me. <laughs> I'm not going to go to the theater. I, well, nothing in this trailer has moved me to say, oh, I want to tr- plop down my money to go see it in the theater.
0: Oh, yeah, I agree with you, Well, I don't think I'll be, like, you know, throwing down $15 to go see this in the movies. And um, I think I remember last podcast, you talking about the Harley Quinn cartoon. I'm so happy that someone else, is watching that because it is amazing. And as you said, that is the number one problem I have with this Birds of Prey. It is not a Birds of Prey movie. It is not a Birds of Prey movie. It's a Harley Quinn movie that you just happen to feature the Birds of Prey in. And that just bothers the shit out of me.
2: Okay, I'll say this because I've heard this. I've heard that literally everywhere, everywhere. Here's Here's my response to that. No one can tell me one or two things. One, you cared about Birds of Prey prior to the the announcement that this was going to be a movie. Or two, you could name a solid five times you've read or seen these characters that you truly really said, you know what? I'd love to see them in a live action movie. So we have to realize, but hold on, but we have to realize this movie has to be marketed. No one knows these characters. So the only way to market it is off someone that everyone knows, comic fans, non-comic fans, and that's Harley Quinn. So you can't tease like, hey, look, the person you know is going to be in it, but it's going to be about them. No, you got to kind of cater to what
1: people really enjoy right now, and that's Harley. Right, but they should have, well, they should have just been just intellectually honest, and just, and to... Match up the title with the marketing, which is, is this is the Harley Quinn film I mean, instead of calling it Birds of Prey and the Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Well, uh, just no, go ahead and call it Harley no, Quinn. It's a spinoff of the original Suicide Squad film. Just be just no, be upfront with it, and no one cares. You know, because I mean, we've seen the Birds of Prey as far as the Arrowverse from with the Canaries, and no, you're right. I, I agree with you that that alone is not going to uh draw people to a film unless you unless you set them up and yeah so yes Harley is the the thing that is the glue that sets up the the birds to prey and 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 so yeah that that's that's going to be the draw but whenever you have other properties that are out there that it, that is doing a phenomenal job of and and just uh, just a real kick ass funny Great job of storytelling with both Harley Quinn and, and quite frankly, Lake Bell as, as poison ivy. I, I, I will go. I will. I mean, I'm paying money to see that every month versus this one-off film that just seems like just really, and it, it really wasn't something that I don't know if there was a demand for it. No, there, there's not. And
2: don't get me wrong; they should have done a Harley Quinn movie that ended um, That ended where it set up Gotham City Sirens, um, and then they should have made a movie that, um, you know, sets up uh, Birds of Prey on its own. Just, just those two characters, um, you know, like a Girls' Night Out kind of thing. Those two characters trying to escape Black Mass. That's what it should have been. I will never disagree with you guys on that, but we need to also remember there is a reason why Harley Quinn's name is in the title of the movie, and it is seemingly her movie. Um, they wanted to call it Birds of Prey, so people who are aware of the characters are like, oh, yeah, Birds of Prey are in it. I think what we are mis- what we are undervaluing is the fact that just because we haven't seen them a lot in the trailer doesn't mean we're not going to see them a lot in the movie. Um, they just have to market it. So I mean we could see them almost as much as we see Harley. Like if I had to break it down, I would say Harley probably in this movie that what's the 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 official runtime is what like two hours. So I would say uh, Black Canary and Huntress have at least an hour each, um, maybe a little bit more. Um, Harley probably has the majority, but we know this. But I I don't think we should jump to assume that we're not going to see a lot of them because they just haven't been in the trailer a lot. Um, I think maybe a lot of their scenes in the movie are all really special scenes. So it's like they want to cut scenes to where it's like you're just getting a glimpse of them. We saw Black Canary use her powers. That's very important. Um, You know, we saw Huntress just completely kicking at. That's important. Uh, I think when we sit down and watch this movie, we will get a great dose of Birds of Prey. Um and we will get a a a really good representation of those characters. And of course Harley Quinn will be the, the face of it, but I just I, I don't see where where the issue in that is because you have to mark it. No one A knows these characters outside of Harley. And B, no one really cares about Huntress or Black Canary. I mean, Will oh. we watched the CW verse and we never said you know who deserves their own show? Hunters and Black
1: Canary. You know? Well, yeah, and and Black Canary may have, the Canaries may have their own show, assuming that this backdoor pilot gets picked up. But, uh, you know, know, again, I think, I think a, a concept, DC was like, okay, what can we do to, you know, basically break up the sameness of, of our films and, and, and being a bunch of, you know, male-led characters, and so they looked at the shelf, and other than Wonder Woman, who else do we have that's a, that's a that's a known draw, as far as a name that people recognize, and it, it is indeed Harley Quinn, um, and so they just built from that, and and you know, again, it, I might be completely surprised. I mean, it, it, sort, it could be the Venom phenomenon where. You know, whenever people saw Venom, it was like, how can you have, you know, Venom work without Spider-Man? And, you know, that film went on to make, what, a billion dollars? So this film could very well do that, and I will be eating my cranary and just deal with it. But, um, but again, I just – just as casual – I mean, you know, I have, I'm trying to look at it not from comic book nerd but from Casual Fan, and I know Casual Fan will see Margaret Robbie's name, and it's going to get, you know, that will definitely draw a lot of people there. Uh, There is, I mean, visually it is, I have to admit, the trailer did look better. I mean, it did a better job of selling the story. It did do a better job of setting up the other three characters. And so, you know, again, it didn't speak to me because I I just – like I said, for the various reasons I've stated before, but for a casual comic book fan, it might be like, oh, this looks really good, and they will go see it, and it will be another, we'll be talking again how we have uh, under underestimated the DCEU. I mean, when you think about it, uh, they've really been on a very hot streak from Shazam, Joker, and this one could be the next, next hot thing that will, uh, again, say, okay, we need to stop undercutting the Underestimated the DCEU. they they actually are they're, they're players and they're here today
2: i i'll I'll say this venom when I left venom i, I remember telling telling Joel like the mention of j jonah Jameson's son that flew the ship that crashed back back on earth that was huge uh if you were if if you're a true nerd of, of the comics right she venom that was huge, knowing that there is a venom family out there. That was huge. Carnage at the end minus how horrible Woody Harrelson looks with hair. That was huge. So like as a geek it hit a lot of the points that I'm like you gotta hit these points if you're gonna do a spider man list Venom. Um, So I look at Birds of Prey and I'm like Canary's Cry looks freaking amazing. Huntress looks badass. Uh, You know we obviously see uh, Black Mask with his actual Black Mask those are those are the points that i needed and now that i got them i'm like even if this movie is bad i can still leave and say like it might have been a lot of fun like venom was it was just fun um but it hit a few things that i'm like are they gonna are they gonna go all the way and you showing that he has the mask on seemingly early i was like okay yeah no, you got me like that was all i was looking for um and apparently at the brazil event um, they had said that the the shot that they got from the trailer or the clip or whatever showed that Huntress, Canary, and Black Mask all have their comic accurate costumes. And once once I heard that, I'm like, you got me. I'm sold. Once I see them in in their accurate costumes, nothing else I need. <laughs> I can I can I can breathe a sigh of relief. Um, but T, I I wanted you to get back in here before we move on.
0: I mean, I was only going to say to the whole, no one knows these characters, but everyone knows Harley Quinn. Um, And this is a completely different machine, pretty much, but no one outside of comic book fans knew who the hell Guardians of the Galaxy were. I had no idea, but I went and watched it because the trailer looked really freaking cool.
2: Yeah, but I think by the time Guardians came out, you were just like, even if you were a casual viewer, you were like, these guys have a pretty good track record. Like I've seen their last 15 movies and they're pretty good. So it was like, by the time you got to Guardians, it was like, all right, yeah, I'll check it out. Let me see what these guys are doing. I don't think if you're DC, you have that luxury. You can't just say, Hey, I'm going to do a cyborg movie guys. And because we're DC, like you'll like it. No, you you, you don't have that. <laughs> I don't even think after Joker's success, you have that ability. I, I don't think it's a, a given people are gonna go see Birds of Prey, um, especially because it's you know it's nowhere near connected. Um, so you just you don't have that room to just do that. That's why I think uh, Blue Beetle is gonna turn into a TV series instead of a movie. You just don't have the luxury to just tell fans like, hey, you'll like it, right? No, <laughs> no, you know, like in Marvel's had a few blunders, but. They're just so successful, the blunders don't matter. Um, and if you're DC, you can't really afford a blunder. So if you did a Birds of Prey movie with no Harley or no one that someone casual knows and it flops, everyone's going to be – prime example to you, Shazam not having Black Adam or Superman in it is why it sucked overseas. No one knew who, No one knows who Shazam is, and it wasn't even that good of a movie to really cater to like, hey, well, at least we were a good movie. No, 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 not at all. And then you mentioning Black Adam, but not having him in it. And then you having Superman, but just like his chest, you know, his chest down. Like, those are the things that that go to people kind of going, you're a joke, you know, you're a joke. And that's why Shazam didn't have worldwide success. Things like that. That's why I said, if you're going to do a Shazam movie, you should probably do it the same way you did the animated movie. Shazam and Superman versus Black Adam. That should be your first movie. That way you introduce both Black Adam, Shazam, and you have a familiar face with Superman, so people cater to it. Um, or people gravitate towards it. The fact that they didn't is exactly why this movie didn't do well overseas. So I'm like, if you're Birds of Prey, you don't have that luxury. Give people what they know and hope everything else fills out for people that are fans of Birds of Prey. That's all you could ask for um, but yeah, I mean, but see, so yeah, this goes to, to the point that I was making to you before about why you can't have a Spawn movie called Spawn and no Spawn in it. Like, just just, <laughs> people will burn the world down, um, and, and it just no studio should be stupid enough to get behind that, uh, unless you pull off like huge castings for the cops. Like that's the only thing that could really work for you, and Jeremy Renner. Isn't that huge guy that could make up for having it being called Spawn? But I don't see Jamie Foxx not one. Because it, does, it doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. Um, but all right. Let's move on. We got our main topics to get to. Uh, let's start off with the news of the week. Uh, Doctor Strange 2 loses its director due to quote-unquote creative differences. Creative differences to me are the same as when an actor says he left the project because conflict of schedule. Um, Henry Cavill came out recently and made that known that if you really want to do a role and it's close to something else you're doing, you could do it. Like you could do it. Um, So, I mean, I've always thought that was, that was bullshit. Like when, when an actor goes, Oh no, no, no. Prime example. When, um, uh, Tom Hardy left Suicide Squad and said, "Oh no no, I love the script, but like it was conflicting with something else that I was doing." Yeah right, bullshit. When you see the way that Suicide Squad was written, it was clear that that movie was for Will Smith and Margot. There was no room for a third uh, a third person to be latched on. Um, so he clearly didn't like how much it catered to Will and Margot, and was like, "I'm out. Like, eh, I don't want to do it." Which is cool, but just say that. Like, There shouldn't be anything wrong with just saying that. Um, So Scott Derrickson pretty much is saying he left because he didn't like the script. Um, Which I, again, completely understand. Uh, I was just saying this the other day. That um, it, it took Kevin Feige a while to realize that these movies don't have to connect for it to be in the same universe. Black Panther, if you didn't see any other Marvel movies, right? leading up to Black Panther, and you only saw Black Panther, you wouldn't think that it's connected to the MCU till the end credit scene, where you see Bucky come out of the tent. Because it was just such in its own world. like You didn't hear any talk about the Avengers. You didn't hear any Tony Stark. You didn't see any Tony Stark. It was just T'Challa. It, it was just Black Panther and Wakanda. Um, it very much felt like its own thing. Um, Joel said Doctor Strange felt like it too, but it's Doctor Strange was different. It felt like a marvel movie you know what i'm saying like it felt like it was still supposed to connect uh, ultimately it didn't really but um it just felt like it was uh so i mean seemingly it looks like where the difference was was that he probably wasn't feeling that scarlet witch was being uh thrown on to him um i mean this news came out at san diego comic-con that uh uh, Scarlet Witch would be in Doctor Strange too, so ultimately she's been in the script for a while. Um, but but see, I'm curious. What do you think was the last straw that made Scott kind of go, "I'm out." Like I I I don't want to do this. I'm out.
0: To be honest, I don't necessarily know what maybe the final straw was, other than maybe the fact that he did it like the idea of having Scarlet Witch in it and having to perhaps tie it to WandaVision. Um, I know that a lot of people are sitting there saying that he dropped out because he wanted to make a horror movie and Kevin Feige backtracked and said that no, it's not a horror movie. To me, I don't know why that would be enough for him to have walked away because he he already made the first Doctor Strange movie and it wasn't a horror movie, and he was able to input some. I actually just watched Doctor Strange this morning. Uh, There were some pretty gruesome scenes in it, so Scott Jefferson was still able to input some of that into the movie if that's really what he wanted to do. Um, So I don't necessarily know maybe what the final straw was. I was speaking about this with Kanan, and he pointed out that Scott had been kind of tweeting out some really cryptic things. For the past few months anyway so this is something that I think was a long time coming Scott Derrickson talked about uh, how you know studios are the killers of ideas he retweeted the tweet where Oscar Isaac kind of was saying that he'd never work for Disney again and uh, Scott Derrickson retweeted that and said that you know Oscar Isaac is the treasure Uh, And, you know, so just little things here and there that probably should have been some sort of indication that Scott was not happy with how things were going. And I think eventually he just sat there and he was like, I'm not fully into this movie. My heart is not fully into this movie. And I don't feel like directing it. And I I do want to say, Juan, that I'm not heartbroken over this. I liked the first Doctor Strange. But there were things that could have been cleaned up about it. And to me, knowing that he's leaving, I mean, it sucks in a way because, um, you know, to have the same director for both movies would have been great. And so he obviously knows the character. He obviously knows the world. But it didn't feel, say, the same as when we thought that the Guardians of the Galaxy was losing out on James Gunn, you know? I didn't feel the same way hearing Scott Derrickson was leaving. I'm like, we've had movies before where they've had an original director and that original director left, and we got a pretty good uh, product. The prime example is Edgar Wright was supposed to direct the first Ant-Man, and Peyton Reed came in, and uh, to me, the first Ant-Man is still one of my favorite movies within the MCU. So I'm not overall distraught over this. I saw. So many people are like just throw away Doctor Strange too. Then uh, there is a Doctor Strange without Scott Derrickson. I'm like, you know, Kevin Feige knows what he's doing. And as I said before, it seems like Scott was not happy for a while, and his uh, tweet out makes it seem like this is something that him and Marvel had already talked about. So I'm sure. Kevin Feige is already shopping around for new directors to kind of take over. So, um, again, I don't fully know what maybe the issue was other than I have to think that maybe he just didn't like the fact that this Doctor Strange movie is going to feature Scarlet Witch um, and probably very heavily maybe he didn't like that idea. And he didn't like the idea of having to make sure that it ties in so much to WandaVision. So that's kind of what I'm spitballing here. But overall, what I really wanted to say about it is that I'm not heartbroken over it.
2: This movie, by all means, should be a horror film. If your main villain is, um, I don't think his name is Nightmare. Maybe it is Nightmare. I'm I'm completely brain dead today, guys. But... There is a, a rumored <laughs> villain that was supposed to be the villain for Doctor Strange too, as very much a horror villain. Um, and I mean, if you're Scott Derrickson and Feige's telling you you can't have a horror movie, but is allowing New Mutants to happen, I'm kind of calling bullshit a little bit. Like, I wasn't gonna make it Freddy, you know, Freddy Krueger scary, but like, I'd like to make it a little bit scarier than what I did in the first one. Um, so I'm like. Kevin Feige and Bob Iger are going to have to one day sit down and say, all these movies can't be cookie cutter. They just, they can't all be, it will grow tiresome at some point. It will. Uh, Will, my prime example of that is every day I watch the CW. Let me be more specific. Every day I watch the flash. I'm like, they're one Iris episode away from me. Never watching the show again, because it's just, it's (laughs) not realistic. Like, Every time Barry's, like, almost going to die, all it takes is Iris calling him and saying, I believe in you. What is the point of The Flash then? Like, why can't he do this on his own? Why does it take someone saying I love you every time for him to find the strength within? That is so idiotic. And that's what I'm saying. It It usually takes one ep. I tell you the episode that almost made me done with the CW, the We Are The Flash. I almost oh, threw yeah. all the CW in the garbage. I almost threw that entire CW in the garbage man. So I look at Marvel and I go, you can't always ha-. That's why Endgame and Infinity War were refreshing because it's like, these guys always survive. And, like, the stakes never seem high enough. Um, And when you get death from your heroes, it's like, well, there you go. There it is. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, give more stakes. Give something else, give something new. That's why New Mutants was such a breath of fresh air when I saw the first trailer for it. I'm like, no one's doing horror, scary, horror superhero movies. Like, this looks really good. So I'm like, if Scott Derrickson wanted to do a horror Doctor Strange movie, let him. Like, I loved how trippy Doctor Strange was. I still don't think it's in my Marvel top 10, maybe 15, but definitely not top 10. But I love how trippy it was. I mean, I hate that they wasted Dormammu, um, but there are a lot of good things that Scott Derrickson did with that movie, one of them being making the ancient one a woman. Like, I love that. No one wants to see no old, old dude as the ancient. No, give me some new refreshing. Um, So I am really curious on what was the straw that broke the camel's back. I am sure that this will probably be something that we will hear more about after this movie comes out. Where he could be more vocal. Um, He's still an executive producer, so there's probably nothing he could say now. But once this movie comes out in theaters, I think you will hear more from him. I think it's time with uh, Marvel or or Disney to be specific is over. Um, I said it before. I said if I'm if I'm Feige, I'm being petty as hell. I'm calling. uh, If if Kevin Feige is still cool with this movie being a little bit scary or whatever. I'm calling Andy Muschietti, and I'm telling him, hey, I know you got something going on with Netflix, but, you know, fuck those guys. Like, come here. Come here before you do The Flash. Come here before you do The Flash, before you do Netflix. Screw both of them. You do my Doctor Strange 2. Um, I think Andy Muschietti would be awesome. Uh, I think he could really, really, really do some awesome things with, with Doctor Strange 2. Um, and I think it'll get fans even more excited for him to do The Flash. Because they will have a superhero body of work before he gets into the flesh. Um, but that's that's obviously such a far leap. I think they'll go with someone we've probably never heard before. Um, and like you said, Tia, they'll fill in and they'll probably do a great job. Uh, I still think this so, movie is going to... Go ahead, I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry. Someone was suggesting that maybe have the director who's doing WandaVision step in. If there's going to be so many sides, And if he does WandaVision successfully, maybe have him come in and do Doctor Strange
2: 2. I mean, I I wouldn't be against it. Here's my thing. I think directors don't really, truly matter in the MCU because Kevin Feige kind of walks in a room and goes, hey, your underlining story has to be this. And it's like, but I want to do this. No, you're going to do this. Um, So it's like, you could really get anyone to kind of direct MCU movies and they should usually all all be a hit.
0: I think that it only matters maybe truly in the fact that if they also write the script, because I was looking on the Wikipedia and you'll see James Dunn writes the script and he directs. Taika Waititi writes the script and he directs. So if you already have someone who's writing the script for Dr. Strange 2 and it's not Scott Derrickson, then, yeah, you could just bring someone in
2: to execute the script. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm totally with you. Uh, Will, wh- what are your thoughts on Scott Derrickson uh, exiting stage right?
1: Um, that's it. I really don't have much more to add than what you all have pretty much laid out there. Um, uh, You know, I think, uh, uh, you know, picking up your point, with the uh, CW and, and lack of stakes, and on our podcast, that's one of the things we're re- really big about. So, um, but it, I think with the if it is a situation where Feige and the studio is just like, okay, we're going to have to we're we're going to shoot really make major changes with the script and the direction of the story as far as what his initial vision was for it to accommodate WandaVision, then, yeah, I think uh, if WandaVision does have one director who's going to be doing all the shows, uh, yeah, that makes sense to bring them in because they could definitely have that continuity between the the TV universe and the TV shows and the the, uh, feature films, uh, which I guess gets into the whole, I guess... With the new Disney Plus shows, and we think about how they're going to integrate those shows, and and like WandaVision and Falcon and Winter and Winters and everything into the the grander grander MCU, uh, it, uh, you wonder if we're going to start seeing more of these types of stories, uh, where some people may step back. Like, we, like we've like we seen, for example, in, in Star Wars, where you've looked at, I think, about the five films that have uh, been uh, released under Kathleen Kennedy's watch. I think, what, three three of them have had changes at the top of far as director. When you look at Solo, uh, I guess Rogue One had issues, um, and, of course, the, the main trilogy. So uh, will it, Get to that point where some A-list people, A-list directors may start to say, you know, MCU, maybe we're going to back off and, I, and, and 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 not do this if they do start having a more cookie-cutter approach or having more meddling from Feige. Uh, that would dissuade some some directors from from taking taking up a, a film in that franchise.
2: I, I think if you're a director and you want to direct an MCU movie, I think you kind of have to understand like that. That's this. This is this is how the game is played. Feige comes in, tells you this is what he wants, and you work to that. Um, I, I'll say this. I'll say Feige has a healthier track record of people enjoying directing there than he does people that don't. Um, like you can only really go. Um, Patty, Patty Jenkins, Edgar Wright, and now Scott Derrickson. Um, I I don't think you have a large body of work of of people that have left the MCU. Um, you know. Well, I mean, Josh.
1: Well, Josh. Well, Josh. Josh well, Josh. Whedon left. He didn't come back after Ultron. So.
2: Yeah, but he didn't leave like before a movie that he was supposed to do. True, sure, um, no sure, but did Say it again. But he didn't too. come back.
0: I said no
2: one's sad about that. Did you watch Age of Ultron? Oh, no, I agree with you. I It was Josh's time sure. to leave. Um, he should have left. Be- actually, that would have been the best time to leave before you actually started a movie Is when he did Age of Ultron. Russo should have came in there. But anyway, um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I I don't think anyone should really be heartbroken over Scott Derrickson uh, leaving. I don't think this means Doctor Strange 2 won't be good. I also don't think... Here's the problem. If you're Scott Derrickson, and you had a very strict idea on what you wanted Dr. Strange two to be. It does not help that. It looks like this movie could bridge to be how we get X-Men. And it's like, well, that's a lot of pressure. (laughs) Like Your movie now has to make up a TV show and your movie now has to introduce possibly the biggest franchise in all of superhero history. The X-Men. Good luck with that. And it's like, well, can this movie just be about Dr. Strange? Is that, is that too hard to ask? (laughs) Like, so I mean, if, if that's the case, I could understand how that would put someone off. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, but all right, let's, let's move on. God bless you, Scott Derrickson. Hopefully you come out with a project that just completely is a box office hit. And we forget about the fact that this ever happened, but all right, let's move on. Um, all right, let's say in Marvel, we got rumors that Christian Bale was in talks to join Thor four. A lot of people are speculating that it could be for a mocap role, which means a lot of people are immediately assuming that's Beta Ray Bill. I think that's really dumb, but okay. Uh, Tia, <laughs> what are your thoughts on Christian Bale possibly coming out of his superhero retirement to join Thor four? Yeah, I thought that was really shocking. I
0: love. Christian Bale, I think he is possibly one of the greatest actors of our time. Um, but I certainly didn't see him stepping into a role for the MCU. We obviously just talked about the MCU kind of having a formula, being a little cookie cutter, and I don't see Christian Bale really fitting into that, especially or four, especially uh, with Pika. Watiti standing behind it. Uh, that really shocked me, um, but it'd be cool. That's something I don't think anyone really saw coming, um, that it so for Christian Bale we obviously see he takes on challenging roles and I think that for him to be in talk with Marvel, it obviously isn't because he's strapped for money and he just wants to do something just to get a paycheck, um, I think that he might must have really seen something that Tycho was offering and Kevin Feige was offering that he really gravitated to. So it's really cool. I'm insanely interested in knowing who he could potentially play. You're right, Juwan. The whole entire internet erupted with the, the uh, conspiracy theories of him being Beta Ray Bill. Um, I guess it was kind of you know, I can see him playing a mocap character, but as far as who he's going to play, I'm not exactly sure. It will be interesting. It will be really interesting. I'm going to say that just because I never would have seen Christian Bale in an MCU movie. But, yeah, I- I'm excited. This is awesome. Thor 4, like, let's go. You know me. I love Thor Ragnarok. I love psycho i I'm just excited in general for this movie. So if you're saying that you're going to – put one of the greatest actors of all
2: time in it, then, yeah, let's go. Yeah, I just think someone... I just think people thinking he's going to be Beta Ray Bill is just like, why? Like, I always imagined Christian Bale would join the MCU to play Norman Osborn. But, like, I never would have thought, like, oh, Christian is going to come and be a hero. Like, what? No. Um, To me, I believe... Christian Bale will be playing Gore. Gore in the comics is uh known as the God Killer. Um and what Gore does is just go around uh the um what do, what do they call them? Not the Seven Kingdoms, but the uh I, I forget what Thor the nine calls. Nine realms. Nine realms. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh Gore goes around the nine realms and kills anyone that uh that is godlike. Um, and I feel as though that is that is a character. Actually, Tia, uh, Will, while I'm talking, if you guys want to Google him really quickly, you would see Gore could be a mocap character. Um, so it's not like Beta Ray Bill is the only mocap character in the whole history of Thor. Um, Gore actually looks freaking awesome. And I could easily see Christian Bale taking on Gore. Uh Gore the God Butcher is his full name. Excuse me. Uh Gore had a lot of battles against Odin in the comics, but um obviously since Odin is dead near to you, it would all be Thor. Um and I think Gore would be a great way to end Thor. Um that'd be how Thor dies and you know we finally get to see Thor ascend to be with his father and his brother. Um So, I mean, that that would be my guess as to who Christian Bale would be playing and should be playing, honestly. Uh, It just makes the most sense. The only issue is I heavily believe this Next Door movie will take place 85% on Earth. Don't really know how gore would look being on Earth. Um, There's another character that someone brought up that is is part human that could turn himself into, like, this big kind of, like, monster um, it's like a, uh, like a, he's like a CEO of like this business, but like, you know, at night he turns himself into like this huge monster or whatever. I'm like, ah, that, that could work. But, um, Gore is who I'm going with. Will, what are your thoughts on Christian Bale possibly joining the MCU?
1: Uh, when I first heard this news, I was very excited. Just as Tia said, I mean, he is definitely one of our, uh, modern best actors, he play anything. I mean, I I was uh, recently watched uh, Vice, and I mean, he he beca- he became Dick Cheney. <laughs> I mean, so, fantastic and, and movie. Course, What's was that?
0: I said fantastic movie.
1: Yeah, fantastic movie. Uh, and just you know, when you think about uh, just all the roles that he's played, he it will be a welcome addition to the MCU. Uh, we we you know we've talked on our podcast about how the MCU is really when you think about it has really drawn in many A-list actors uh, and and people who I mean they had Robert freaking Redford for example so you know so for Bell to join the MCU is it, 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 it's very exciting and it just again you know reinforces the that uh, we're comic book movies are, are not just Junk. I mean, to, to take you know, to not to dump on Scorsese, but you know, this is the this is the in this modern era, these films are 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 really here to stay. So, so that was very exciting for me to hear that. As far as what character, I've heard both Gore and Beta Ray Bill uh, on some of the uh, some of the YouTube channels that I watch. As far as possible. Uh, characters that he could play. Um, you know, I guess with Gore, I think some. I've heard some concerns, well, you know, would Bell do something that would require a lot of pr- prosthetics and, well, I mean, you know, again, going back to Dick Cheney. So, you know, so I think he's comfortable being able – he's a chameleon, and he will – you know, he throws himself in the roles, even though I know he said he probably wouldn't be doing the uh, roles where he's having to do great physical changes because just the, the, the toll it takes on him. Uh, physically, but I I look forward to having him here and, and and whatever whatever role they cast him in, he'll do an awesome job and we we will just be you know, I you know I, I think Thor if if they're if they're going to put him in an MCU film, I think having him play opposite Thor in some capacities is the the best probably one of the best ways to do it so. So yeah, I, 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 I think can't wait to see how this develops, and uh, hopefully they can they can lock it down. And and in a couple in a few years, we'll be just marveling about uh, how great the Thor, Thor four is, is because of of what they what they've been able to pull off here. Yeah, and
2: I, I do want to say to people like you could do Gordon practical. Um, it, it doesn't have to be. <clears throat> um, anything that that that's too strenuous on, on, on Christian Bale, mainly because, like, Chris Hemsworth isn't that, that huge compared to what he looks like in the comics, so I'm like, Gore doesn't have to drastically look that much like he does in the comics. A lot of it can just be uh, motion capture to where he's not really doing that much, um, you know, and, and a lot of it is more so visual effects. Um, when you look at Gore, you look at him and you kind of go, That's probably more visual effects than it is anything else. Um, But there's a lot that Christian Bale could do. He should not do Beta Ray Bill. Don't. Don't. Christian Bale, listen to me. Listen to me. Don't. Okay? There's no need for you to do that. Uh, We love you, and we want to see you do something meaningful. Not Beta Ray Bill. All right. Anyway, let's move on. I uh, want to talk Flash. We got news from Andy Muschietti that... um, his flash movie will be a loose adaptation of flashpoint obviously what he's trying to say is don't put all the pressure on him that robert pattinson's batman will connect due to his flashpoint or anything like that uh i said on our live on on facebook live uh much ado about nothing that i think and well i think you'll appreciate this because you watch the, the Flash, the, the TV show. Um, I think they should go, obviously in the Flashpoint comic, it was Barry's mom dying, and, and that kind of just weighing on him, weighing on him, and him going back in time to see what life would be like with his mom. I think what you should do if you're Andy Muschietti to heighten the state is a lot of people who aren't that knowledgeable of the comics only saw Justice League, right? So you got no mention of his mom, you only saw his, well, The mention that you got was that his dad killed his mom, right? So the way that you can amplify that is kill his dad, have his dad die in prison, someone stabbed him or whatever, and that weighs on Barry, and he wants to go back in time to where he has not only his mom, but his dad also. Um, And you're seeing this this reality to where he has both his parents. Uh, I, I think the problem is when you say the word flashpoint, right, it has large implications for so many reasons. One, it's a whole new reality that it builds. Um, two, people assume that that means, oh, Wonder Woman's in it and she's going to be evil. She's going to fight Mira. No. Um, people think, oh, Batman's going to be in it, but it's a, it'll be a different Batman. Maybe Robert Patton. No. Think of it like this. Think about his Flashpoint the same way you walked in the Civil War and that was not at all close to the comic book of Civil War. Not one point of that movie was accurate to that comic book. Outside of Cap and Iron Man beefing, no, not even the teams were accurate. So I'm like, wipe that out of your mind. Like, it's not going to be an exact adaptation of the comic book. It probably won't even be remotely close. But, good point Joel made is, if you're Andy and you aren't going to make it anything like the actual comic, don't call it Flashpoint. Just call it the Flash. And it has elements of Flashpoint in the movie. But if you call it Flashpoint, people are gonna they're gonna they're gonna kill you. And very weirdly, all these comic purists, none of them had an issue with Captain America Civil War. And that shit wasn't accurate at all. And I'm like, Oh, you guys really pick and choose. Um, so, I mean, well, I'm going to go to you first. What, when Andy Muschietti says he he wants to do a loose adaptation of Flashpoint, what does that mean to you?
1: So, I, when I heard that, I, I two thoughts came to my mind. One, so we're going to see Thomas Wayne. <laughs> uh, two, uh, <laughs> Two, I uh, I was I couldn't help but think about the adaptation that the CW did with Flashpoint, and I call it Flashpoint name only because again they again they took elements of the story, uh, but it, it it was not Flashpoint, and and so to whenever you whenever you put use the name of a seminal event in a comic book universe, which Flashpoint is, people, comic purists, are going to expect that. And so you, you, even if you even if you try to explain it and say, no, 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 we're, it's an adapt- adaptation and blah, 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 I, you you know, you can't, that's like saying you're making a Harry Potter film and you're just, just and the prisoner asked a and did not have a single, like, Plot point from the story in in the movie, you just can't do it, and so I I'm concerned with just saying oh we're gonna that flashpoint and then but it's not gonna be flashpoint and like as you said don't call it flashpoint just call it this is the flash, and you know if it's gonna be in a new 52 vein where we're going to uh, you know re- re- retroactively uh, change up Barry's story as far as his mother and. Getting doused by Kim, all that versus you know what we saw in the Silver Age. Then, then just do it that way and not call it a flashpoint because it, it will. It's going to blow comic purists' mind. And and I, I'm, you know, with this project even to begin with, it's been on again, off again, startup. You know, Ezra Miller was doing his own version of the script and everything like that, and. I yeah, the, my enthusiasm for it has has kind of waned. Uh, and then when I hear that they're planning on doing flash, doing a something called Flash at the Flashpoint, and it's not going to be Flashpoint, then I'm just sort of like, okay, um, you're you're going to, you're going to cause a a lot of confusion for new fans, but you know, and for old fans who. Know what Flashpoint actually means? It, you're, you're you're setting yourself in a for a social media Star Wars type of of reactions from folks. That's just going to be not 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 bode well for the film because uh, folks will get caught up in all that stuff and not really take the film for its merits. And so we'll see what happens. But right now, I'm just sort of. I'm saying I'm taking a wait and see mode as far as seeing how this thing develops.
2: I think, as fans, um, a lot of people, especially these these comic purists, I think they have to they have to start realizing that there will never be, outside of maybe Watchmen, might have been the closest we'll ever be to it. There will never be a shot for shot accurate portrayal of a comic turned movie. It just won't be. There will not be. Infinity War, elements of that weren't accurate. Elements of Endgame weren't accurate, um, which all comes from actual comics. They weren't accurate. They just weren't. But it was fine. It, it, it's, it's their interpretation of it. And no one complained about that. So I'm like, we can't now pick and choose like when we want to be purist about things. Like if DC says, hey, I want to do a story to where it's, it's an adaptation of Flashpoint that kind of just puts things where it needs to be, And it is a great story to tell. Him versus Reverse Flash, that is exactly what your first movie should be. Um, Because then from there, you can then kind of have a fun part two where it's him versus Rogue Gallery. And then the third one where maybe you do something super crazy, like um, Zoom or something like that. So I'm like, Flash is putting itself in a great position by starting with Reverse Flash. Um, and then you can have a fun sequel with him versus the, you know, the, his road gallery. Um, and then you can finish off with the third movie that Andy Muschietti could really get scary with it and, and bringing in Zoom. So I'm like, I, I like this. I, like, I mean, I don't, I'll have to see why he's looking to do Flashpoint um, because I only thought Flashpoint was necessary to do a course correction. Like if you wanted to say, hey, guys, uh, Matt Reeves' Batman came out, did really well. We now want to bring, you know, his Batman into the Justice League. We also brought Henry Cavill back. This is our just. Like if you wanted to do that, I'm like, oh, that's a perfect way to do it. But there is no signs pointing to (laughs) um, Matt Reeves' Batman connecting to anything but a Batman world. Um, So I'm like, why? why are we doing Flashpoint again? Like, what is the point? So I'm just really curious because the, mo- the one of the more defining moments of Flashpoint is Barry going back in time, meeting Thomas Wayne and bringing that letter back to Bruce. Like, that, that made me cry, like, reading that because it meant so much to Bruce to hear from his dad. Um, and Bruce didn't question it. He didn't do anything. He just read the letter, one tear drop, I still cry thinking about that cuz it meant so much. Um so I'm like there's elements yeah. of this story and, Go ahead, I'm sorry.
1: That's, yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, those are those that that to me that's one of the. that's why I said my first thought was Thomas Wing because that is just one of the when I think back on the flashpoint, I mean that's one of the, the biggest things that that stands out in that in that story is 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 that letter. And so, if you don't have that, and maybe it will be in the movie, but if you don't have that in the movie and tie it into the much larger universe of of with you know Matt with Justice League and and, and Batman and everything, to, to to me that really takes away from from what Flashpoint was about. And so, it, those little those moments from from that 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 story. And so, I will be looking. For me as a comic purist, it, it, I will be looking for for that. And and I will feel let down by that movie if it doesn't have that type of moment in it. If you're going to use the title Flashpoint, and that's one of the things that maddened me about the CW version as well, was that you're using this title Flashpoint. And again, I realize it's an adaptation, and I and I and I've preached that, you know. Just some of my interactions with with other fans and and whatnot but um i i i don't know I, and and you're right I mean it is one of those things where we're picking and choosing where you know where we're being purist and where we're not but um i you know I think that's why it's it's i'm t- as i said earlier I'm taking a wait and wait and see approach as, as to see how the story develops and and you know and get and, and give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, when it comes to adapting this story, but uh, but at the same time, I I do hope that if they do go to of a flashpoint, they do bring in uh, some of the more uh, important points from 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 the story and in, in, into the movie.
2: I I just I, I want everyone to remember that a lot of what
1: the biggest problem
2: about this is flashpoint, as much as it is a flash. Uh, Flash comic and a flash story. It's an event. It's a DC event. Like it deserves
1: exactly.
2: a a team up kind of movie. Um, just like CW could have made it one of their crossovers. Flashpoint could have been a crossover. It didn't have to be a five minute segment um, on one episode. It could have been a crossover. Um, but I mean that's just what happens when you're not able to do what the you know what the story permits you to be able to do like Flashpoint and CW you couldn't do Thomas Wayne there was no Batman so it's like you couldn't do Wonder Woman Right Wonder Wonder
1: that's one of Um Yeah that's so, what, that's what made me so mad about it I'm like no no don't don't call it that because it's not that it's I mean it's Yeah I mean yes it was you know part of part of Flashpoint is the fact that it's a reset and if it if it's going to be a reset then they just need to say this is our reset and we're using the term Flashpoint to do that
2: Here's here's my issue, Warner Brothers, and I'm gonna pass it right to you. To I, I want to go right to you on this. Warner Brothers, I feel l- let me let me say this more opinionated than than factual. I don't think they need a a, re- a reset. I think think of it like this: Wonder Woman success, Aquaman success, Shazam. If you want to consider it, just here in the United States, success. Um, the last time we saw Superman. If you don't count Justice League or BVS, count a solo movie. It was, just, it was a success. So I'm like, what are you course correcting? Like, just stop making bad movies. I mean, that's all you have to do. You don't have to do like, oh, we got to do a whole new world now. No, just stop making bad movies. And that helps when the studio stops interfering. So you look at Wonder Woman, really good. Aquaman, really good. Tia might not agree, but Aquaman was, was pretty solid. Um, so I'm like, the only thing that you have to course correct, and I don't even think it's that big of a deal, just tell people, hey, there's a new Batman. Like, simple as that. Like, get over it. I I shouldn't have to go through a whole flashpoint to explain why there's a new Batman. There's a new Batman. Ben left, okay? Like, sorry, screwed us over. He left. New Batman. Get over it. And then you have your Justice League again. I don't think you have to go through all these links to make it make sense that there's a new Bruce Wayne. Um or if you finally decide that you want to recast Henry that there's a new Superman. Just replace him. I mean just just replace him. But but Tia, what what are your thoughts, um on Flashpoint being uh what the story could be, but a loose adaptation of, of what the comic was.
0: I mean, I I'm with Will that as soon as I heard it, I was like, Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Thomas Wayne, yes. Uh um, kind of really the only thing that I was really interested in. But I do see that maybe this is their way as you said, Juwan, of course correcting a little. We see that a lot of the Zack Snyder um, you know, ideas for his DC universe are kind of being thrown to the wayside. Certain characters are not around anymore. Certain actors are not around anymore. And now they're moving forward. And while it may be just as simple for you to say to fans, hey, just consider it that we have a new Batman, we have a new this, and, you know, kind of forget those. But, you know, some fans are not that smart, <laughs> which I know sounds awful. but um So maybe DC feels like they need a movie like this to kind of move forward and rebuild their own DC universe. So that's really my only thoughts about it um, I think it's cool that yeah, I, as you guys said we're never going to get like truly a comic book accurate storyline really with anything I mean Old Man Logan wasn't really anything of what it was like in the comics um, and that's just how it is but I, I'll, I'll be interested in seeing how they do a flashpoint what they necessarily have in store I certainly don't think that this is going to be something where we're going to see an evil Wonder Woman in it, but who knows, right? It's uh, Andy Muschietti behind it, and it could be pretty wacky. I don't know, honestly. Um, I, prior, didn't know a whole lot about Flashpoint. I learned about it after the CW, um, just like looking into it, watching the animated movie and stuff like that, so then, you know, learning more. Um, But you know, there's always a different way to do it that makes more sense cinematically, and hopefully it just works this time. I'm not so much interested in comic book accuracy as I am with just make it good, because you guys know there's been a lot of DC movies that I just don't consider good.
2: Well, you scared me for a second. I thought you were about to say like the only thing you knew of Flashpoint was from the CW. I was gonna go, oh no, no,
0: like, no, 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 no. no, no. gotta go watch animated I, movies. It's that I, because I used to watch The Flash. I fell off of it after the third season, but the first time I had heard about Flashpoint was from the CW uh, show, and then after that, uh, Brittany actually introduced me to the animated movie, and I was like, oh, this is nothing like how it was on the CW show, and obviously that's where I learned what it really was.
2: Yeah, I mean, my biggest issue is if you introduce Flashpoint now, it means you can't do it later. Um, so let's say five years from now, we have a cohesive DC universe, right? Like we got Batman, we got Superman, we got Shazam, we got Greenland, we have everyone, right? You know what you can't do now? A really cool event movie called Justice League Flashpoint. Um, where it's an accurate um story of the events of flashpoint, and the reason why I'm like flashpoint is better as an event movie is because Ezra is so young, so like young as as in a sense of his flash being a young flash, like he's only been flash seemingly looks like for a little bit. um, so it would make perfect sense that he would do a rookie mistake and try to go back in time and fix things, right? So it's like, that'd be perfect. But if you do it now, you can't do it later. That kind of sucks. Same thing with Civil War. Like, Civil War didn't need to be Cap's third movie. That's an event film. Uh, That's an Avengers-style kind of film. And I'm like, you did it then, so you know what you can't do now that you now have all the characters to do a successful Civil War? Civil War. So I'm like, these things just suck, you know? <laughs> like, they just really do suck. Um, But, I mean, I, I-, I trust Andy Muschietti. That's who I trust. Not, not Warner. Um, not at all. I trust Andy and I trust Andy wanting to do this means Andy is a fan of it. Um, and I I trust in that. And we know Ezra (laughs) has very specific ideas that he wants this flash movie to hit. So, I mean, hopefully it it, it does what it needs to do is, is, is all I can say. Um, but all right, let's move on. What else do we got here? Oh, Shoot, I forgot my rumor for, for Thor 4. Um, all right, so I'll just do this really quickly. The rumor was uh, Jennifer Lawrence could be playing Enchantress. Enchantress could be someone that's manipulated by our main villain to bring Thor to them. Uh, excuse me. Enchantress then has a, um, a huge battle against um, Jane. Obviously, Jane will be Thor. Um, and it sets up a huge battle between the two of them. Um, you know, to, the battle for Thor pretty much is what that would be. But um, that that was what the rumor was. But so we can kind of just move right by that. Um, before we lose you, Will, I want to do this Batman uh, this Batman topic really quick. We got set photos of the Batman. Um, apparently the Batman will head to Glasgow next month and the city will serve as Gotham. The reports are we will see first images of the new Batmobile. Glasgow will be turned into Gotham City, and with the city's architecture, it's expected to look great in the new film. That's according to Daily Record. Um, will, I- I'll pass it to you before you head off. What are your thoughts on us possibly getting a look at a Batmobile before we see what our Batman <laughs> looks like?
1: I'm cool with that. I, I, I'm I actually very excited for the uh, Matt Reeves Batman, uh, with again all the you know we've been getting all the good casting news and and so I I I I'm ready for this I I, I'm I'm cool with getting a look at the at the uh, Batmobile before we get a look at the new bat suit fine and and I like I I like the choice of location for 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 Gotham and so I, I think. It, this this I guess reset of of Batman because I guess we're getting we're getting a breeze where he's a little bit younger is, is is something very exciting and and I I can't wait for this to come out.
2: I will say wherever this is going to take place, I want it to be around, I want there to be a lot of tall buildings. I want there to be a few a few buildings with gargoyles on it because I want an iconic shot of what we got from batman the animated series where he's on top of the building and it's like a thunderstorm and it's very dark out and all you see is his eyes glowing um like i want that and i feel as though that's an accurate batman and no one seems to ever get that that doesn't write a comic so i'm like i want that in a live action movie and robert pattinson could be the batman to give it to us but i will say really quickly will getting a Batmobile before the Batsuit to me, I hate because that means we're going to probably see a version of that Batsuit in the Batmobile as a set photo. I don't want that to be the first time I see any any variation of that Batsuit. Show me the real Batsuit and then if I see like a bad, you know, a, a bad set photo of it, I'm like, I, that's not what it's going to look like. Like, I'm, I, I'm cool. But if that's what I see first, I'm going to go, ah. <laughs> you know, just Show
1: me the suit. I know you haven't finished to where he's in the suit. Yeah, but given, yeah, I I hear you, and I think you know they'll give. We'll give. I think the suit do justice as far as that first image of it. I I I don't think we'll get uh, just a crappy set photo, you know, of of Pattinson and the Batmobile driving in the suit. I mean, I think we'll 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 get a good solid look at the suit to give it its proper proper respect.
2: That's all I could ask for, Will. But all right, before you go, uh, Will, let everyone know where they can find you.
1: Yeah, you can always find me on Twitter. My personal handle is at Will and Polk, that's W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. And you can find our Cena Nerd podcast at Cena Nerd, that's at S-C-E-N-E-N-N-E-R-D. You can find we're on all the podcast platforms, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. You can also find us on the Geek Vibes Network as well. So uh, thanks for having me on. It's been great discussion, and look forward to doing it again soon.
2: Absolutely. Thanks, Will.
1: Thank you. Take care.
2: Absolutely. You too, brother. All right, Tia, uh, this is two, uh, two-sided. What are your thoughts on the set photos we've gotten so far? We've seen Bruce Wayne on the motorcycle. Uh, we've seen Penguin, although that's definitely not Colin Farrell. Uh, that's definitely his his double. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't think we've seen anything else besides that. But your thoughts on the set photos, and then your thoughts on the report of um them building a uh, a Gotham City, which weirdly. Is shocking because I believe every interpretation of a live action Batman uh, movie-wise as filmed in New York. I could be wrong, um, but I know the more recent ones have. But but what are your thoughts? So
0: I, you know, didn't think too much of the photos with Robert Pattinson in it just because it didn't look like a whole lot to me. Um, but uh, you are right. To me, it was hilarious seeing those set photos of the penguin because people were freaking out, like, "Oh, Colin, you know, Farrell, this is it. This is the confirmation." And I, I was legitimately staring at the photo, going to myself, "That's not Colin Farrell. What are they talking about? That's so not him." So I feel like uh, Matt Reeves had to put that uh, tweet out there just to kind of like confirm to people and maybe like clear up the confusion because then there were a lot of confusion surrounding that. Is that Colin Farrell? No, that's not Colin Farrell. So uh, we have, you know, confirmation that he is indeed our penguin, which is really cool that they're going in that direction. Um, And I kind of think it's cool that they're building their own Gotham city. I mean, it always to me has made sense that they were, you know, at least filming it in New York City because if you think about it, that's what Gotham really was supposed to be, a over exaggerated version of New York City during some of the worst times of New York City, uh, before it got cleaned up when it was just really dangerous and that's where what Gotham was supposed to be, um, and that makes sense to me that why they want to film it always in New York City. But if they're building their own Gotham City, first of all, that's huge. Like that is a huge undertaking. But I think also that that shows that Matt Reeves is going for a certain style with his movies, similar to I would say maybe even the Tim Burton movies, where we felt a certain sort of style to Gotham where. Gotham wasn't just, say, a city that all of this stuff was happening within, but it was almost its own character. Because we feel that in the cartoons, in the comics, in the TV shows Titans. I mean, that to me is like a huge prime example of when, you know, Dick Grayson went back to Gotham, and it just was this absolute wreckage of a city. And I think that that is supposed to show – um, by building it, that Matt Reeves is taking like care to really establish his Gotham City in his trilogy. So to me, honestly, that's the news that I'm gravitating more, other than just the set photos, because the set photos don't
2: tell me a lot right now. Yeah, no, I mean, I I, I completely get that. They're not set photos; aren't usually meant to tell you anything. Besides the fact that they're filming, um, but really set photos that kind of give you a general idea on, um, you know, what scenes certain people are in together, stuff like that. Like, it's them <laughs> building. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No,
0: I was just laughing at your oh. exasperated sigh there. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Because I'm like building your own Gotham City is pretty dope. Like that, that is really dope. You're right. That is really dope. To me, it's just like I need Matt Reeves to hit all the marks with this movie. Like this, you know, I hold Batman to a way different standard than anything else. Um, so I'm like, my expectations for this Batman movie are are like outstanding. Uh, <laughs> like I have a lot of expectations for this Batman movie. Like if he misses one thing, I'm gonna be disappointed. Um, but I, I, my necessity at this point is to see the suit. Um, I wasn't sold on Ben till Zack Snyder very smartly, well before anything came out, put out the suit, Ben in the suit. I still don't like the pose of it. I I just think that was just like the weirdest, like he just looks so depressed, but it was a great look at that suit. That was a great suit. So I'm like, I just want to see Pattinson in the suit. I know we will soon, but I just want to see that. And then, like, I think I'll start to calm down for my expectations for this movie. Because that's the Which biggest thing. It's is so
0: funny. It's so funny because I'm just so oddly, like, comforted by my confidence of this movie. Like, I strangely feel just so relaxed about it. And... I always say, and I've said it numerous times on these podcasts, that if you had asked me five years ago about Robert Pattinson being Batman, I probably would have been more upset than how I was when they announced Ben Affleck as Batman. Believe me, Juwan, you know me, I hated that news. And I would have been, like, just completely disgusted about Robert Pattinson being Batman. But some reason, right now, you know, I've seen things now that he's been in. Um, I just feel like Matt Reeves got this. Matt Reeves, like, has put together this stellar freaking cast. He's taking his time. I just, I don't know, I feel like it's going to be okay. Hopefully, I'm not wrong. I mean, it's going to be just so upsetting if this movie is awful. But I, for some reason, feel very confident.
2: No, and I, I'd be inclined to agree with you. With me it's different. Like there's two separate things when it comes to Batman that I look for. I look for A, obviously be a good movie. And B, you have to get elements of Batman correct. And that's been my issue with every interpretation of Batman that we've gotten from the movies is that you just you don't get proper depictions. Like I hated how realistic uh um Christopher Nolan wanted his Batman to be because it took away from the mythology of of the character to where it was just so haunting. Like I hated that the Cape wasn't longer so it could come all the way across his chest. I've hated that. Every Batman didn't have that. Uh, Michael Keaton's might've been the closest we've had to that, but there's just so many elements of Batman. Like I need him to be a mythology, like a mythology character. You know what I'm saying? Like, and when you're trying to tell me, like, you're trying to make him more realistic, it's like, you know you know, it's a comic book character, right? Like, Batman doesn't work for the CIA. He's not real. So I, I don't need him to be realistic. I need him to be more, like, haunting. Um. So hopefully Robert Pattinson's Batman can be that. The thing that made me gravitate towards Robert Pattinson is that you watch – the first thing I watched uh, when he got announced wasn't any of his movies. It was his interviews. I wanted to know more about Robert Pattinson, like the the human being. And he's so mysterious. Like he's just, there's something about him that just like you feel like you don't know you don't know everything about Robert Pattinson. Like
0: I there's, feel- there's something.
2: Like, and that's what drew, that's what drew me to to really accepting him was like how mysterious and how Bruce Wayne like he seems. Now that doesn't always court yeah. like doesn't always translate to Batman. We've seen that with George Clooney. Who could be Bruce Wayne in real life, but that doesn't always translate to Batman. Um, So, I mean, that's what I'm more curious to see. Like, how do you take someone like Robert Pattinson, who could easily be a loving playboy, uh, even a businessman. um, How can he be the guy that people fear once the sun goes down? That is what I'm looking to see, how Matt Reeves uh, portrays that and how terrifying is his Batman going to be? So, I mean, that's what I'm looking forward to more than anything. But that's why I said I grade Batman movies on two different levels. I thought Christopher Nolan made really good movies. I don't think he made really good Batman movies, but I I think as, as film, he made really great movies uh, for Batman. None of them were accurate to any of the characters <laughs> that he was portraying. That was my issue. That's why I always love and hate them. So that's what I'm looking uh, looking at when I'm looking at this Matt Reeves Batman. Yeah, uh, you know you and I
0: will always disagree when it comes to Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy, but I do understand what you mean, that you're looking for that comic book feel with it. And it is interesting that you went and for your research for Robert Pattinson decided to watch his interviews. That is really cool. Honestly, and we do see that with Robert Pattinson. He is very elusive and mysterious. That certainly, I think, is because he was young when the whole Twilight thing blew up and the paparazzi and publicity was all in his business, especially when it came to his relationship with Kristen Stewart. So in the time in between... Uh, Twilight and this he has decided not only to stay out of the spotlight really but also do really kind of no-name movies like smaller movies he could have probably had the ability to go into huge blockbusters but I think he wanted people to take him seriously and not to see the sparkling vampire and this now obviously I think This kind of goes the same as to what I said with Christian Bale for Thor. I think that Robert Pattinson must have really liked what Matt Reeves was pitching to make him want to kind of come out of his whole um, secret type of life that he's in because he has to know that there's going to be a huge spotlight on him when it comes to being Batman. And if he thought that being uh, a vampire in Twilight was overwhelming, just get ready for the frickin' uh, comic book fans.
2: See, I I think that's overrated. I think purely because we are in a social media era, uh, we assume that. But remember, there wasn't this huge Batman cloud over Ben. Ben, before Batman, successful. Ben, right after leaving Batman, seemingly, is still successful. Christian Bale, the same. Like, it, it wasn't, like... And I can't even remember, um, you know, like being Batman following Christian Bale after he left. Um, You know, and I honestly don't think people will talk Batman when it comes to to Ben Affleck, except for me going forward. So it's like, I I don't think that that's something that just heaps all this pressure on you. I think if you're Robert Pattinson, I think you can be Batman and dip low and go do your, um, you know, go do some more small movies. And then come back and, and do Batman the sequel, and then dip off do some more small movies, and then come back and do the, you know the the final of the trilogy. I think being Robert Pattinson allows you to do that because you are not this huge person. In, like here's the difference. Here, let me equate this to you. If you're Michael B. Jordan and you become Black Superman, right? You will not mm. be able to escape that no matter what project you do. Nothing you do will ever be as high as the fact that you just, you just became black Superman. That's not the same kind of level of, um, you know, level of pressure Robert Pattinson has to worry about. Um, even to a lesser oh. degree, I'd say Gail Godot um, had a, a higher level of difficulty than Robert Pattinson will have um, because she came from no background um, and is now about to portray this iconic character. We at least know that there are two, there are two sets of people People that are going to hate Robert Pattinson just because, right? Like there's nothing Robert Pattinson can do to, to sway that, right? He can come out, be a great Batman, great Bruce Wayne. They'll still hate him. And then there are more logical people like me and you that will love Robert Pattinson even if he's maybe not the best Batman. We know he is still a very gifted actor. Um, So I think if you're Robert Pattinson, this isn't a role that if it fails will break you because you don't do movies like this. You can just go back into the world you've become accustomed to um, since you left Twilight. Well, since Twilight was over. So I'm like, if you're Robert Pattinson, you are in a very, very, very good situation. Because there is nothing that this movie, good or bad, can do um, that you haven't already set yourself up for. So if it's a huge success, you've been there with Twilight. If it's a failure, doesn't matter. You go right back into your, your seclusion make your your smaller budgeted movies and life continues. Well,
0: I think I'm mostly kind of just meant the attention that is going to warrant just because we see the huge amount of attention that superhero stars get constantly um and then we see how opinionated people can become with all that But I guess it then also is just a matter of are you on social media or are you not on social media? Because I only think that I attribute that when you think about, say, what some of the Star Wars uh, cast had to deal with, the harassment kind of that they had to deal with. And I think that if you're someone as private as Robert Pattinson, you may not like that type of spotlight, but I don't think he's on social media. So... He might be okay. That's the only thing I yeah. meant, you know, like when he was with Twilight, I mean like he he probably couldn't walk anywhere without being bombarded constantly,
2: you know? I I think I think this. I think if Leo can be a star, uh Michael uh God, the guy that played Magneto, I can't think of his last name. I think we have a lot of uh A list Hollywood actors that take huge roles and then we just don't hear from them like I, I, I you couldn't really turn on TMZ and, and TMZ caught up with Christian Bale in the height of, of the Dark Knight trilogy you, you couldn't find Christian Bale he was one of those dip lowers uh, he could dip low Robert Pattinson is one of those dip lowers Tia there's a lot of people that really thought his last movie was Twilight like that's how low Robert Pattinson <laughs> got after Twilight Like just, no, one, no one knew what he was doing um, so that's my point. I think once he does this, he can just dip low again. Like People that hate him will still hate him. People that love him will still love him. He has that ability to just dip low. Like He, he knows how to get low and, and disappear. And that's, again, what, what leads to me feeling really comfortable about him being my Bruce Wayne. I will say one thing I do want you to check out, to is Hollywood Reporter's Roundtable. Um, Robert Pattinson did one with uh, the guy from Brand Bad, uh, that played Walter White, Margot Robbie, Octavia Spencer, um, and another actress and actor I think you would recognize, but he just, he gave me such a pure vibe that I was like, I'm going to love this guy's Bruce Wayne. I, I, I don't know what I'll ever feel about him that'll make me go, he'll be a great Batman, but he definitely made me like, I'm going to love his Bruce Wayne. Like, he is so mysterious. Even the way he sits, he's kind of shy. I just I, I love everything about Robert Pattinson as, as as the person, so I think I love this Bruce Wayne. But um, we uh didn't even notice at the time. Uh, really quickly, let me mention to you. Uh, apparently, according to the reports, Marvel has or Disney rather has debunked the rumor about Hawkeye series being on hold. Um, I'd say we can expect a actual uh, clarification soon. Um, so I don't want us to dig deep into that till we hear more about it. So maybe we'll we'll shelf that for next week. Um, Snake Eyes has begun filming. Still plans the release this year. That means this budget is at least five, maybe ten, maybe fifteen million. Um, and that's it. Like there's no way you film a movie in the year and it comes out in the year and you have a budget. So I think this movie will be pushed. Um. Very quickly, Tia, do you still see this movie coming out this year?
0: No, not after that report.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm like, cause they just started filming and they, they, they were saying, yeah, we're still yeah. coming out this year. That kind of sounds impossible, but I mean, you do, you guys. Like, this is my, I, I love Snake Eyes. Tia, I love Snake Eyes same amount that I love Batman. There were those were the first two characters that I remember in my childhood. Um, that my stepdad raised me on. So I'm like. Snake Eyes this year, back and next year, couldn't be happier. Um, but I just think that's that's pushing it a little bit, trying to come out the same year you film. Like that that's rough. But um all right. Our very last topic to because we got through everything. I'm I'm really proud of us. We got through everything. Uh, J. K. Simmons will reprise his role as J. Jonah Jameson in Sony's Morbius film. The role is described as a small as small as a cameo that will bridge MCU and sony cinematic universe. Uh very quickly, Tia. What are your thoughts on this?
0: I mean, I love J.K. Simmons as uh, Jonah Jameson, so I'm not going to be, you know, think that that's far-fetched or anything. Um, I mean, it's a little odd, I think, to maybe bridge the gap in Morbius. Uh, it might have made a little bit more sense to have that character in Venom too, especially with what we just saw at the end of Fireman Far From Home. But do you, Sony? Let's see what happens. Um, Morbius is still a very mysterious film to me that I am not sure where the audience is going to be, how successful it's going to be, and how people are going to react to Jared Leto because he is kind of a controversial figure right now.
2: I think the biggest reason why Morbius is going to be what bridges it is because it takes place in New York. Um, Venom is mm. still in San Fran so it just makes the most sense and um, I think if you bridged the two I think Sony and, and, and Disney have been listening to this podcast because I think you are really opening the door for Morbius to lead into Blade um, which mm. you know, we've been saying since for, forever um, that if you were smart you would bridge those two and let that be what helps keep Spider-Man in the MCU, tell them, hey, Marsha Ali versus Jared Leto, come on, people want that. Or them teaming up, people want that. Um, so I think it's just them being smart and logical. Uh, maybe I agree with you, this isn't the movie people were expecting to be the one that bridges the two. Um, but what I'm more curious to see is, does it bridge Spider-Man being in the Sony universe? Or does it bridge Morbius being in the MCU? There is a very big difference between the two Um, because if this movie is just explaining that Spider-Man exists in the Sony world, that's a whole nother conversation. But from this report, it seems like it's saying Morbius is being introduced into the MCU. That's a whole nother topic also. So I'm I'm curious on where the balance of the two is because um, one means something and one means something completely different. Um, but I am hearing Tia from a report that we will be getting a trailer tomorrow. As soon as tomorrow for oh. Um We did get a leaked photo of Morbius. Looks great. Um, I mean that photo looked really good and apparently Sony was having people take it down, so it was it was from the leaked trailer. Uh so I think the trailer originally was supposed to come out later this week, but since that photo came out I think they're fast tracking it to get ahead of any other leaks from it um because so
0: they've been good i'm sorry I, I was just gonna say they have been really elusive with that i mean as far as i know i haven't seen really any set photos anything like that we you know we're seeing set photos now for the Falcon and winter soldier show we're seeing set photos for the batman we you know back uh we saw well, set photos previously for the first Venom. it's like I feel like they're keeping this very under wraps, so it's going to be very interesting to see the trailer um, if it comes
2: out tomorrow. Well, we did get a lot of set photos of, of Morbius. The problem is, and that's why I said if you're Sony, you're really screwing the pooch on your marketing. The problem is, here; it seemed like it's been forever since we even heard that filming had started for this movie. So it started to become, is this really going to come out this year? Because, like, I've heard nothing. But when it started filming, yeah. you had a lot of photos of Jared Leto. Um, in street clothes on the street. Um, that's where I, I, I think I heard that it's supposed to take place in New York. Um, you saw, you did see Tyrese on set. So, like, you did get set photos. None of them of him as Morbius. Just him as, as a human. But you got a crap ton of those. Um, but I did been, not see any and, of those. <laughs> it, it's been so long. That, that's what I'm saying. If it was closer to when it was filming, uh, you would have heard more about it, because I'm sure Kanan had posted it. But been so long to you, that it's like even if you did see it, you wouldn't remember because it's been it's been forever. Um, but we did get uh, a, a lot of set photos from uh, Jared Leto on set of Morbius. But um, yeah, they they should definitely heighten their their uh, promotion for this movie because a lot of people forgot that it even was made. So hopefully this trailer yeah. does it. Um, but uh, yeah, no, we had a great show today to you. Uh, I want to thank Will for joining us. Uh, I want to thank you for joining us. Um, really quickly, Tia, plug up top 10.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Yesterday, actually, we did the top 10. It was the top 10 Witcher moment. So please make sure to keep a lookout for that. Me and AJ had a ton of fun with it. And every weekend, we do a different top 10, whether it's more of a generalized, you know, best uh, movies of the year, worst movies on Netflix, or when we do things like best Witcher moments, best moments from, you know, any sort of Marvel movie. So that's what we do. And we have a lot of fun. And I hope the, anyone who's listening has a lot of fun, you know, listening
2: to us. Absolutely. And make sure you also check out um, Tia, Kanan, Martin, Dom, and I think maybe Abel, our award show. So everyone who voted um, online we did a award show to give you guys the official winners, so make sure you guys check out that podcast. Also, you guys know where you could find us, wherever the DSPs are, Spotify, um, wherever, iTunes, whatever. Make sure you check us out. Make sure you check out Top Ten. That was an awesome episode. Definitely regretted that I didn't hop on. Um but make sure you guys check <laughs> you that nice. out. I <laughs> I was so upset. I I I completely uh, whiffed that, but. Make sure you guys check that out and make sure you check us out um, next week when we come back for an all new episode and stay tuned for much to do about nothing. Me and Joelle are going to have a lot of fun this week. Um, so make sure you stay tuned for that. All right. So next time guys. Peace. See ya.